Slinky, binky, pinky, minky. It's time for Smart Dribble. Kurt Schneider here with... John Ellenthal, you skipped stinky. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? The air outside is stinky today because of the smog we have. Yes, this is bad stuff. So Kurt and I are continuing our tradition of recording inside where the air quality is probably better. So we're going to continue a smart dribble tradition today, Kurt. Do you know what that tradition is? No, because we haven't discussed it. I do, because I know you by now. What's the tradition? Picking up on a topic that we we barely sketch out in one episode for the next week. You're right. I was wrong to jump to conclusions. It is often that something that gets said in one podcast episode becomes the topic for the subsequent episode. One comment begets an episode. It almost has biblical qualities to it. Isau. 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 Last episode, we somehow stumbled across Preparation H. And we weren't sure if the H stood for hydrocortisone or hemorrhoids. Hydrocortisone or hemorrhoids. I knew the hemorrhoids part. I couldn't remember the hydrocortisone. And I believe it's hemorrhoids, but we had to go look that up to see what the H... And not hydra of the three-headed beast. Right. If you had a three-headed hemorrhoid, you would need preparation 3H. Yes, you would. You'd have to go into those super drug stores where they have preparation H, 2H, and 3H. It does beg the question about how a bunch of products got their names, especially when the name begs the question of how they got their name. So the question with Preparation H, because Kurt and I are deep thinkers, is what happened to Preparations A through G? So we're going to dig into the background stories, the origin stories of a bunch of products that just beg study. And we'll probably cover a bunch of companies as well. What do you think? Yeah, but not Fruit Loops. Oh, but I do have one for one cereal. I did the advertising for Honey Nut Cheerios for years and years at Sachi and Sachi Advertising. Oh, Cheerios. Yes, that's it. Cheerios. Okay. So Cheerios, that's a pretty popular one. It was originally, heck, you could even call it a staple. Originally, it was called Cheery Oats. Cheerios, but they they got into a big dispute with Quaker Oats. And Quaker Oats thought they had the oats market to itself. So rather than fight it out, Cheerios became Cheerios, and that gets us current. Excellent. Yes, I did the advertising for Honey Nut Cheerios, Apple Cinnamon Cheerios, all the adjuncts, and my fiance, then wife, did the advertising for Cheerios. So she did Cheerios, and I did Honey Nut and Apple Cinnamon. So my guess is you got the child segment, and she dealt with adults. I wonder why they split it up that way. I have no idea. To this day, I don't know why. Yeah, it's a, it's one of life's great mysteries. So I got a bunch of products on my mind, and we'll hopefully cover many of them on this episode. But Chanel number five, what's up with the number five? WD-40, which I believe we've touched on before. Formula 409. Why is Jack Daniels number seven on the label? Levi's 501 jeans. Heinz 57. Don't each of those names beg a question. Right. Jack Daniels, number seven. It's probably because it took him seven batches to get the right distillery recipe. I don't know. Well, the truth is, that is the reason for a few of these. So, you know, WD-40, which stands for WD, stands for water displacement. 
it actually took them 40 different formulations to finally get it right. And when they got it right, they got it right because the WD-40 formulation from whenever that was decades and decades ago is the formulation that is used today. And similarly, they did new WD-40 that didn't last too long in the 80s. Yeah, it was right around the time of new Coke. So it didn't actually get as much attention. So they were lucky. It didn't stick. Well, I would hope not. I wonder what would happen if they came out with WD-41. That would just rock the world of freeing up things that are stuck and but aren't supposed to be stuck. It's kind of like Spinal Tap. This one goes to 11. So Formula 409 follows that same model, which is it took these two engineers 409 attempts to get where they were going. But Jack Daniels, it remains a mystery today. Some people wondered if it was part of their registration paperwork with the U.S. government, but there was a fire a long time ago where all of the documentation around Jack Daniels was destroyed. And then the founder, Jack Daniels, died soon thereafter. So no one actually knows why there's a number seven on Jack Daniels label. It could have been a seven alarm fire. Could have been a 33, like on the Rolling Rock bottle, which no one really knows the origin of. Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Yes. So what about Heinz 57? Do you have a theory on Heinz 57? I think it's because there are 57 spices in it, no? Yeah. So at the time Heinz introduced Heinz, put the 57, they were already more than 57 products in the Heinz product catalog. It was Heinz's favorite number, basically. So he decided to go with Heinz 57. There is no other reason than it was the guy's favorite number. It's a random number to have as your favorite number. What's your favorite number? 413. Yeah, so you... um, Mine is eight. I think favorite number should be one through 10. You know what? My favorite numbers for my favorite number for a long time was eight as well. So we have a lot in common. All right. You got a fun origin story for me, Kurt, on a product or a company? I was digging in and I had fun with original names of companies. Okay. There was a company called Sound of Music. Do you know what company that is? I hope it was a company that was in the music business. But it's now the company Best Buy, originally Uh, called Sound of Music because these guys were in Minnesota and they specialized in hi-fi stereos in 1966. So it was called Sound of Music forever. Bad name, by the way. Until 1981, when a tornado rips through and damages their one store. So they had to have a huge one-day sale in their parking lot to get rid of all their damaged inventory. So they advertised it like crazy that you can get the best buys of products. And it worked so well. And they sold so many products and people liked the advertising and got it that they changed the name to Best Buy. It does show you that a lot of commercial success ultimately tracks back to a moment of just pure luck or serendipity. As much as everyone studies and makes these very thoughtful decisions and deliberates and all that kind of stuff, a lot of times it's just plain dumb luck. Apparently, that's how they got the name Apple. Do you know the story about that? I guess Steve Jobs, who was very, very particular about all products, right? He was famous for design and simplicity and getting things right and sending it back. Well, apparently, they couldn't come up with a name for the company. And he said to these guys, there wasn't many of them at the time, right? The six in the garage. If we can't come up with a name by tomorrow, we're just going to call it Apple. And what and they, happened? They couldn't come up with one, so they called it Apple. Huh. But originally, it was Apple Computers, right? Yeah. 
when did they change it to just Apple? I guess when the iPhone became a big deal, they stopped wanting to identify only with computers. So here's something that's going to blow your mind before you go into some other products. Just because I was on the thing of, of original names for companies. Yeah. Do you know the original name of Google? No. <laughs> this is going to make you go laugh your ass off because when you think about how we use Google as a verb now, I'm going to Google this or why don't you Google it? Backrub. Backrub. Wow. Yeah. And why did they change it to Google and when? Oh, because it was called Backrub because the search engine that they built analyzed the web's backlinks. Right. So that's what they called it, Backrub. But then they realized that it just didn't sound right as they went through it, that they didn't want to be known as backrubbing something. So they had a brainstorming and someone said, why don't you go Googleplex, G-O-O-G-O-L-P-L-E-X, Googleplex, which is the digit one followed by 10 to the 100th power zeros. Ah. So, and then they cut it down. And the person who on the whiteboard during your brainstorming wrote Googleplex spelled it wrong spelled it like we have it now and voila we have google thank god we're not back rubbing something can you back rub about those cheerleaders wait a the second back rub machine i did a back rub search no it doesn't work google is a little bit of an empty vessel like even though it was referenced to a specific kind of number for most people it didn't mean anything so google got to define what that word meant for everybody which is what i mean by empty vessel and i think that was the better play for them since you brought up Google, do you know what the original name of Amazon was? I do. There were Kadabra.com. There was two. What's the other one? First, it was called Kadabra.com, and then it was called Relentless.com. And apparently, if you type in Relentless.com to this day, it'll send you to Amazon, redirect oh, you. Oh, that's cool. It wasn't Kadabra. It was Kadabra, like Abracadabra. Correct. However... But lawyer, the lawyers who were working on the paperwork said, hey, that sounds like cadaver. Bezos said, that's not good. They had to, actually, the company had already been incorporated as Cadabra, and they ultimately obviously had to change the name. So, And he was looking for something with an A because at the time, A's came up first in web search. And at the time, he started off as a bookseller and he wanted to be the biggest, largest bookseller in the world. So he picked the biggest, largest river in the world, the Amazon. That is a big one. Exactly. Seven Up. Do you know why it's called Seven Up? I do. Why? Because Six Down was taken and they were playing this weird game up and down. And so they went Seven Up. Exactly. Well, you pretty much took the starch out of that story. Okay. What really happened, though, was the, the guy who made it, his name was C.L. Grigg. So back in 1929, Grigg enters a competition in the U.S., they were, for some reason, they were looking for the tastiest lemon and lime drink formula. And <laughs> basically, there were, se I don't, that seems like a fairly esoteric specific contest, but nonetheless, there was a concept. And apparently, there were seven main ingredients in the drink. However, he did not name it Seven Up, despite the seven. When he entered the competition, it was called Bib Label. Lithiated lemon lime soda later changed to Seven Up. Bib Roll label up. lithiated lemon lime soda. Where can I find a six pack of bib label lithiated lemon lime soda? Hey Kurt, pass me a bib label lithiated lemon lime soda. What is bib lithiated? Bib label IDK. 
Okay, me neither. I don't know either. But anyway, seven up. There are seven made ingredients, but that wasn't even the original name. Well, do you know the original name of Pepsi as long as we're on sodas? I do not. <laughs> the original name of Pepsi was Brad's Soda. So did they buy it from Brad? It was called Brad's Drink, excuse me, because the inventor, his name was Caleb Davis Bradham. And in 18, whatever, 90, he called it Brad's Drink. It never really caught on. It doesn't roll off the tongue. And then he thought, you know what? This drink, he was a pharmacist. He was an inventor, but a pharmacist, just like the guy who invented Coke. And he's like, while Coke aided in pain relief for Civil War veterans. Because of the cocaine part. The morphine, right. They, they, it's a guy who was on morphine and he figured he had to get off. So he did cocaine instead. But Caleb Davis Bradham wanted something for it to aid in indigestion. That allowed right. help you with digestion. So he took Pepsi from the word dyspepsia, which means indigestion. Oh, so there actually is an intelligent basis. Or, well, that not one intel- is. Yeah, there's actually a basis for it. That's good. Well, how about your favorite product of all time, Pez? How'd they get that name? I do like Pez, although it's been a long time since I had Pez. What was your favorite Pez dispenser you had? I like the candy. The candy was always very good. I don't know that I had a favorite, but I did like the candy. It's a unique taste. And anytime you can eat candy out of someone's neck, you got to do it. So I think that's why it tastes better. I don't think the candy by have you ever had it by itself just out of the Yes, I have. I mean it's less of an experience. No, no, it tastes good. No, no. It's not an experience, but it still tastes good. I had, I think my favorite was a Tasmanian devil as dispenser. When they they did everything, they licensed the crap out of it. So the name Pets, where does it come from? It's short for the founder whose name was Julio Lopez. Exactly not. It was invented in Vienna, Austria. And first peasant. Oh no, close. But it was meant to be a breath mint. Really? I thought it was to get you to stop smoking or something. It was invented as a breath mint, and Uh Pez came from the first, the middle, and the last letters of the German word for peppermint. Which are P E Z. Pfefferments, P-F-E-F-F-E-R-M-I-N-Z, pfefferments. I thought it was the Austrian word for halitosis. Well, yes, but it doesn't come up with P-F-E, whatever. You want to hear a crazy original name, and then we'll get back to decoding the names of some products that have names that are begging people to say, hey, where'd that come from? But this is just a horrible name product that later became a great named product. So. There were these brothers, three brothers who came up with a waffle batter. And anyway, they were able to create this dry mix and they took advantage of the emerging frozen food market by offering pre-cooked waffles, which we we know as Egos and the incredibly famous campaign, Lego My Egos, would not have worked with the original name, which was a contraction of frozen waffles yes froffles <laughs> i would i think froffles is better unhand my, my froffles, froffles. Yeah. let go my froffles i'm gonna call them that from now on Speaking you're welcome of which, to you know, you know where lego got its name i do not 
you know, Lego, the, by the way, Lego is having its day right now. Have you seen their stock? No, I have not. Lego is outselling every other toy by factors of a gazillion. They're having their day. They're in the sun. They're shining. Did you choke on a small piece? No, never. Do you own Lego stock or do you just talk about it? I just talk about it because I'm just shocked at how they're having their day. Why didn't you buy some? In 1932, Danish, a Danish carpenter, his name was, of course, Ole Kirk Christensen, can you get more Danish, invents Lego. And he, like the froffle, came up with a contraction, but he actually put two words together. The words in Danish that mean play well, leg got, L-E-G-O-T, legot. Legot. Another excellent name there. Levi's 501 jeans. Yeah. Why 501? That's their rivets, the 501 rivets. So they basically got a patent for the, you know, copper riveted denim pants and the patent number 501. 501. Love that. And they went with it. I guess back in the late 1800s, we were only up to patent like 500 and something. That's now crazy. there are millions of them. You know what we talked about in one of our earliest podcasts is where YKKK came from on our the zipper. zipper company, right? And I can't tell you why. Why? I forgot. I think it's the name. All right. So here it is. YKK is a Japanese company. It stands for Yoshida Kogio Kabushiki Kasha. And that didn't fit on the zipper. You're not, you probably figured out by now. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Huh. That'd Jeez. be a big pair of pants, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. That wouldn't even fit on the pants of the Jolly Green Giant, I suspect. Or Paul Bunyan. Have you ever seen the Paul Bunyan statue in Brainerd, Minnesota? No. And he's got Babe with him, too. Paul Bunyan. A lot of people claim Paul Bunyan. A lot of states. I think Wisconsin does and Minnesota and other ones. but. Anyway. All right. What do you got for me? What's another cool one? Chanel number five. Yeah. Can you think of a more well-known, dare I say, iconic perfume brand in the whole world? And do you know, speaking of having their moment, perfume is now having its moment yet again, because Gen Z has embraced perfume like you read about, like never, no other generation before them. And Chanel number five is still the number one. Does Gen Z stand for zipper? Yes. The generation zipper. Because they're wide open. All right. So the name Chanel number no. five was given to it by its creator, a perfumer by the name of Ernest Bose. How would you pronounce B-E-A-U-X? Bose, like Beaux-Arts? Beaux-Arts. Beaux-Arts. But isn't the museum in Paris called the Museum of Beaux-Arts? Beaux-Arts. Beaux-Arts? Yes. You don't pronounce the X. I got a Z in my mind from the zipper. So Ernest Beau is is doing some work for, you know, Coco Chanel. And Coco wanted to pay homage to the love of her life who had been lost, Arthur Capel. He was killed in a car accident in 1919. And she wanted to do something creative to Uh. honor his life. By Speed Racer, whose car number was number five. That is actually the connection, yes, because, I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but there's another theory, though, other than Speed Racer. Not and, an animated guy didn't kill her. Lover. Yeah, so 
she wanted to create something that would, you know, make Arthur Coppell eternal. So she worked with Bo and he offered her several perfume choices. We're now 1921. Had she, she chose the fifth she... proposal, which is the exact same Chanel number no. five that you could go to the store and buy right now. And the same are. formula from 1921, but it was the fifth proposal he gave her. That's not bad on the fifth try, because now some people, especially if you're as persnickety as Coco was, it, she probably would have taken 453. You know, she did the her biggest breakthrough was the little black dress, right? Coco Chanel. I did not know that. It's a good thing she wasn't working with the guys who came up with Formula 409. I wonder how she could, the distinction, I wonder if they were distinct, the first the first five. Like, was one watermelon, one was ash, one was, you know, rain. And well, one, one smelled like cigarette smoke. One smelled like a cow flatulent. Labrador. One smelled like the New York City sewer. I forgot number four. And then five was the current fragrance. Yeah. Wow, it must have been tough. That would be a tough choice. Yeah, yeah. What company was originally called Puff Dusters? Puff Dusters? Puff. Puff Dusters. I don't know, but I know that Cotton Candy sounded like that. Cotton Candy had a name that sounded like Puff Dusters. Uh, Cotton Candy was called Fairy Floss because, as you know, it was invented by a carnival person. Dentist. Right. Oh, right. We talked about that. Right. That's why I thought you might remember. So beautiful. So, so puff dusters, what do you got? Puff, huff dusters. Huff dusters? Yes. H-U-F-F. Huff dusters. Huffy jean, huffy bike. No, they were a crop dusting service and they would go all around the Southeast and they went around the Mississippi Delta region. Right. So in 1929, they changed their name when they started taking passengers to Delta. There you go. There you have it. So Delta, Delta Airlines. Airlines went from being a crop duster in the Delta region of the Mississippi River area to Delta Airlines. It's somehow it's so interesting how a company's, you know, starts in one place and finds itself in such a different place. There was a big telecommunications company. I think it was called Williams or Wiltel, Williams Telephone. I forgot who's bought them up since then. But they got started when they ended up stringing fiber optics through old abandoned, like um, a network of gas pipes that were underground. They used Smart. that as the conduit to, and they became a telecommunications guy. I think MCI may have bought them or something. So smart. All right, we've got to wrap up because we've been talking about these products for a while. Will you give us one last one? It can be with a number. It could be something that's crazy. And I want to know the origin story to it. Starbucks has a great origin story in terms of its name, and it appeals to our literary selves. So Starbucks was started by three gentlemen, three probably pretty rich gentlemen at this point. They had all learned about coffee from Alfred Pete of Pete's Coffee. And these three guys were wanted to open up their own their own coffee place. And they were working on names and they came up with two names, two finalists. Both sucked. The first was Cargo House, which is devoid of any personality whatsoever. And the other was inspired by the novel Moby Dick. 
Captain Ahab's boat was the Pequod. And they were thinking of naming it Pequod. Unfortunately, it is hard to say. I don't think you want to go order a Pequod. And they got a lot of negative feedback from their friends. One friend, this is one of these circular stories, starts in one place and somehow makes it all the way back, sort of. So one friend says, you know what? Names that start with an ST feel like strong, sturdy, stable names. Strong and sturdy and stable all begin with ST. Strong and sturdy and stable. I made that part up. Yeah, there you go. How about that? That was stupendous of me. We're not stupid. We're not stupid. Wow. When you called me stupid, that kind of stang. No, no. You you said stereo. Anyway, yes. The past tense of sting is probably not stang. It's probably stinged. Or stung. Stang. Stung. Okay. Anyway, back to the story. They agreed. So they were brainstorming names that started with an ST. And for some reason, one of them tossed out a map of the Cascade Mountains where they all lived in that region. And they went looking for places on the map that started with an ST. Well, they come across a a town with the name Starbo on the map. And one of them says, oh, my God. Ahab's first mate on the Pequod was Starbuck. What did he like to do? One of his characteristics. You tell me. Drink Drink coffee. coffee. Did he? Yeah. I I didn't read that part of the story. So they basically started and ended with Herman Melville's Moby Dick in the most circuitous way. They were going to go with the name of the boat Pequod and through this bizarre process ended up with the first mate Starbuck as their name. Crazy. Two of them were professors or teachers in high school, and one was a writer. So we knew we'd get something that was literary in nature. It is nice when. Um, have you been to the original Starbucks? Where I've been there, it's uh, it's right across from Pike's Market in Seattle. Yeah, and there's too. a there's a the original logo had a mermaid on it, and I don't think she was fully clothed. No, well, she was probably taken off the ship, the Pequod. That's because mermaids are half women half fish and they don't know if they wear clothes and did daryl hannah wear clothes in splash she must have i think it was just rated pg and i was gonna say and now in a big brought back to life jeff bezos's new boat that's 500 million has his fiance in the on the prow a, a sculpture of her a wooden sculpture what do they call those when you're in the front of the boat well the front of the boat is called the bow no, but and on the prow is when you have these, you know, the Vikings used to have big, like, sea monsters on the front. And then people started putting, like, topless women in mermaids and stuff. They are called figureheads. They are carved wooden sculptures that decorate the prows of sailing ships. Prows on the bow. In the perilous life of an ocean-going ship, figureheads embodied the spirit of the vessel. Mm. offering the crew protection from harsh seas and safeguarding their homeward journeys, according to the Royal Museums in Greenwich, England. Yeah, probably invented by the Vikings. But All right, John, we have to wrap up. Okay, let's do that then. We hope you've all enjoyed listening to the weird and fun origin stories of popular products and some companies too. Kurt and I will be back next week with another episode of Smart Dribble. And as usual, we hope your week is filled with Smart Dribble. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Peace. Peace.